0: Good morning. My name is Jim Barcliffe. I'm the pastor here at Lighthouse Fellowship, and we are glad that you have joined us. We've got an exciting word today from the Lord. I believe God has, has put this on my heart, and I pray that it would encourage you and also spur you on to press into the things of God. And I believe God is doing a great thing throughout this nation, throughout the world today, in spite of what we see. We need to be in prayer Uh, for those who have been afflicted by the coronavirus. We've been praying for them over the years and over the last uh, few months, anyway. And then also pray that this country would really uh, reach out to people that are really hurting. As we see uh, riots taking place and we see people uh, acting and, and burning and destroying, we ask you that you would pray and we know that God's people, when they, God's people pray, that great things happen. And I do believe that, that God can turn this around, all this destruction that's taking place. But also, when we talk about some of the things that we see in our nation today, regardless of uh, you know, how we feel and so forth, is we know the love of Christ conquers all. When the sun sets us free, we'll be free indeed. And His love is what we need in this nation. People need to experience, not just know His love and head knowledge, but also experience His love because that will change people's hearts. You know, people are talking a lot about different types of teachings that we need to do and with seminars and all to to be able to get along together. And these things are all well and they should be done. But ultimately, what is happening today and what we need is a heart change. And that changes when Jesus Christ comes into your life and you begin to see life like it really is and and that he's the giver of life and also see how he sees people of all colors, regardless, you know, of all socioeconomic uh, status. No matter what it is, Jesus loves us and people need to know that. And I believe that will bring healing to our nation and around the world today as God pours his love out. And so be in prayer. God will reveal Himself in that way. When He and He reveals Himself, He rezeal, reveals Himself as a God of love, a God of compassion and and forgiveness. And again, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, of His unmerited grace, we can't don't deserve it, and His unlimited grace and forgiveness. And so, be in prayer uh, that we would uh, return to Him. I believe uh, that we need revival and we need an awakening. We're going to talk about that a little bit today, and in the message, but we need a revival to stir our hearts to, that we'll really know who God is, and that will change our hearts when we have that encounter with him. So be in prayer for that. So we're going to talk about the day of Pentecost. This is uh, during the time of Pentecost. We celebrate that, and uh, <clears throat> we're going to share about what the word of God says about that, and I pray it'll be encouraging, and give you a vision for your life. And uh, Again, give you momentum to go into the future with hope because Jesus is our hope. He the certainty of knowing that what he has said, it will all come to pass exactly the way that he said it will. So we need to line ourselves, our lives up with the word of God and uh, trust him to bring that forth from our hearts and lives. So let's begin with prayer. Father, we thank you for this wonderful day that we can come together in the precious name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, today that you are on your throne. We thank you, Lord, that you are God over all. And we thank you, Lord, today that you're still God over this nation. You're still God over this world. And Lord, you created us and you have a purpose and you have a plan. And that purpose and a plan is not to harm us, but the plans to give us a hope and a future. And we're grateful today and we want to thank you and praise you and Father, in spite of all the circumstances that we're seeing, we ask you today to enter in and knowing that you're working things out. But Lord, we all join our hearts together today and ask that you would come and intervene into these tragedies that we're seeing happening. The tragedy, Father, of this virus and taking of so many lives around the world. We ask you, Lord, today that you would intervene and you would stop this coronavirus and that you, Lord, would heal people who've been afflicted by this. That you would comfort people who have lost loved ones. And dear God, today you would protect those and protect all of us who, Lord, are walking here and and trying to do the things that we know you called us to do. We ask your hand of protection would be upon us. We thank you and you, we praise you. We also pray, Father, for those that are uh, being uh, touched and and affected by these riots. We ask you, Lord, today to protect cities. We ask you, Father, to enter into people's hearts who are angry and, Lord, frustrated. And, Lord, all they want to do is to to destroy. We ask you, Father, that the love of Jesus would come and that it would permeate people's hearts, Lord, to, to keep this from continuing in the way that we see it going. We ask you, Father, today to do that, to give wisdom to leaders and what to do in the right way and the right timing. And we ask you, Father, today to do that in our country. We ask you, Father, today to make yourself known throughout this nation called the United States of America and around the world, Lord. Reveal yourself, O oh God, as who you are, high and lifted up, holy God righteous God, a powerful God. We thank you. And a father, Lord, to all. We thank you. And so we bow our hearts this morning. We bow our heads and we ask you, Holy Spirit of God, to come and manifest your presence in our midst here in this church. But also, Lord, in the people who are watching this uh, particular live streaming, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to enter in and and reveal Jesus to their hearts, dear Lord. Manifest your presence, O Lord. Touch people, that are without hope. And Lord, we ask you to impart hope to their hearts. May they know that Jesus is our hope. He is our Lord. He's our master. And we ask you today, Lord, to do that. So Lord, we surrender our hearts today. And I ask that you would speak and let me get out of the way and let your word and your truth go forth in power to touch us and to change us, Lord. We need you. We desperately need you. And we're calling upon the name of the Lord. We love you, Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our scripture is taken from Acts chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 4, real brief here. Uh, It's one of my favorites, obviously, all of it. The Word of God is my favorite. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The blessing here, the Holy Spirit was poured out. And as believers, we have the Holy Spirit of God within our lives to be able to help us, to comfort us, to to correct us, to guide us, and direct us. We have a helper. He comes along beside, and he also is within us. When Jesus said, it's expedient that I go away, that my Father can send the Holy Spirit that, who will be in you and who will be with you. And so, it is good. We have the Holy Spirit of God. We have the presence of the Lord, the very God. The, the, the third person of the Trinity lives within believers. If you're a believer... Then the the third person of the Trinity lives within us. Jesus said in Hebrews 13, 5, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And that word forsake means I'll never walk away from you. I'll never abandon you. I will be with you no matter what you're going through and no matter what you're facing. And Jesus said he'll send the Spirit to be with us and to be within us. And so the Spirit of God was poured out there at the time of Pentecost. And I want to give the details as to what's happening in this Scripture and actually share with you what it's saying here and what that means to us. If you remember last week, I talked about how do we cope with change. You know, change is difficult for all of us and for me. You know, I don't like changes. And the older you get, the more it seems like it's more difficult to change. I love my comfort zone. I love to just sort of sit where I'm at, let things kind of pass me by and so forth. And do what I want to do. I don't like you to disrupt my comfort zone. But I said, you know, around us today, everything is changing. You know, and I began by saying, things, they are changing, right? The old expression. And we know they're changing all around us. And I said, how are we going to cope through all of these things? And I gave some some points that I believe, hopefully, were helpful to you. And understanding that, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, you know, we obviously glance at our circumstances and we gaze upon Jesus. But sometimes we gaze upon our circumstances and we glance at Jesus. It should just be the opposite. But change is not, always, diff- uh, not al- always easy for us. And I talked about the fact in relation to the church. The church has to change. We have to change. I'll say up front, as I have always said, is I'm not talking about compromising the gospel at all. Not saying that at all, the Gospel can speak for itself and can stand for itself, but i 'm talking about that the church has to change there has to be some changes to reach out to people and you know my heart is for young people, the future church, my heart is for the body of Christ, but certainly I see the future in our young people, and we have uh, uh, obviously hearts and different callings and so forth, and I believe that obviously i 'd like to see just mass numbers of young people come into. The, for salvation and coming to the body of Christ and so forth. And then I made the note was, as you know, young people, they speak a different language than we do, don't they? They speak a different language. It's kind of like you're talking to them and are you really communicating? Are they really understanding? Are they really listening and so forth? We have to learn to listen. We need to get in where they are. They they see things differently. And I was looking at some Google sites uh, this morning about how you know to reach out to young people. And there are different pastors that are given different ideas about that, and we'll talk about that in the future. But certainly, we need to uh, to think upon those lines, and we talk about because this has changed for us. We have changed a lot of things here at Lighthouse Fellowship. Also, I do believe that one of the things God is doing is He's making new wine. You heard that in Matthew chapter nine. He's making new wine, right? I pray a prayer most a lot of times. Uh, you know, at least uh, every other day, anyway that God would bring new, Jesus would bring new wine out of me and all. But then in Matthew chapter 9, it talks about to put this new wine, what Jesus is doing in the earth today, into those old wineskins, they won't work. You have to have new wineskins to hold a new wine, because if you put that new wine in the old wineskins, they're cracked and it'll leak, it'll come out. So we need to be, and what does that mean? That means we need to be flexible. We need to listen to what God is saying in the, right here and now. He will never violate His Word. Don't get me wrong in what I'm saying. But here are new things that God are doing is doing that we need to be a part of. I believe we are entering a new era in 2020. Certainly, it was a new decade, but I believe we are in a new era of things. I believe the God, that God, the, that the church is moving, and I believe we're moving as the cloud moves by day and the fire by night, and I believe God is moving, and the church has to move because I want to be a part of that. So what does all this mean? It means renewal is taking place. There's renewal in my life and in your life and in the life of the church. We can't stay the same. Remember when Jesus came? He, ups, he upset the status quo, didn't he? He upset he, the Pharisees. You know, they had a certain way and, and they sort of flowed with their robes and, and all and came through and Jesus has really upset them because Jesus has a way of routing us out of our comfort zone. And what it is that? That's walking by faith and not by sight it means that we don't always see what the future has. We know what the word of God says, but we don't always see specifically say the small things in life what does the future hold for us. But God knows and as we step out in faith, God begins to show us more and more and more. And I believe that's what we're doing. I believe that's what we're doing here at Lighthouse Fellowship. Other churches are beginning to step out in faith and reach cuz we've had to do different things. We've had to and Obviously incorporate live streaming. We uh, have a <clears throat> Wednesday night meeting where we have that that we are like a zoom, a ring central type of, of thing. We're going to have our Sunday school beginning next week and we'll be doing some uh, some teaching that maybe even will be uh, put out where other people can can come in on it who are not here actually in person. There are different things that are happening. All this is happening and Sometimes for me, I don't know about you, but it's overwhelming. But our God knows. Our God is up to great things. And so when we look at this moment in time, the people that had come to Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost, they were all gathered there. And so Jerusalem was filled with people during this particular time of history as God had had placed them there. And actually that was, I believe, the sovereignty of God moving people from all over, coming to Jerusalem to experience there the outpouring of God's Spirit. And so there are a couple points I want to look here in this particular passage that I've looked at, and that is the first point is look at the perfect timing of the Spirit here. You see that people were coming from everywhere. They were gathering there. And all of a sudden it just says, you know, here God showed up in power as He poured His Spirit out, as He empowered the believers, to be witnesses for Him. And that's the whole purpose of what we're going to be talking about today. He empowers us to be witnesses for Him. So they were all gathered there, and we know eventually there that 3,000 people came to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ as a result of the witness of what was happening here in Jerusalem at that time. And so we see that God's timing is always perfect, isn't it? You think kind God is kind of off? in taking care of you, or maybe he hasn't done something that you'd like for him to do and so forth, and you think his timing is all messed up. Let me tell you today, that's not true. His timing is perfect. He knows exactly when to enter in. He knows exactly when to speak to you and me. He knows exactly when to move us as he desires. His timing is perfect. And so, at this timing, people were coming to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast, and all of this was taking place. When God poured His Spirit out, His timing is always you know, perfect. You know, sometimes you ask God and you feel like God is giving you something and a direction to go and then that's all He shows you. He doesn't show you beyond that. And, and what He looks for in your heart and my, and my heart is will we trust Him and step out in faith even though we don't see where it is leading us. Remember we talked about Abraham last week. Abraham was called. And he, he moved out. He left his family. He left his familiar surroundings. He left all those things. He left family. And he went where God called him to do. I believe that's where we are as a church, folks. I believe that God is calling us to step out in faith and to believe him. And God will give us more when we step out in faith. The problem is, again, are we comfortable in our status quo? Are we comfortable in being where we are and so forth? I want to move because I believe God is moving. I believe God is awakening. He's renewing. He's doing some special things. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 1, the just shall live by faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, it says that it's impossible to please God without faith because you've got to believe that He is who He says He is and He is rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. It's impossible to please God without faith. So we're moving out as God moves us out. And we see in verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place there. God had them gathered together there. You know, this is the day they had been waiting on. They didn't understand what was going to happen, certainly. And when we read the text, we'll see that they were uh, obviously awakened to the power of God here. I believe that the bride is getting ready that God is bringing us together. We're in a preparation now, obviously. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. I believe that. We are being prepared. And I believe as a Christian, we're always being prepared. The issue is whether or not we're paying attention. And if we're entering into the things of God that we desire, that we know God desires in our lives, we're being prepared in a special way, certainly. And uh, the bride is being prepared. He has wisely and sovereignly planned the steps of our lives. And our part is to simply what? Trust and obey. He's working it out in your life and my life. If we want to follow God, then we have to trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Amen, that owe Him, And so we are to follow Him no matter what. And so these people were there, and this is what was going on at that particular time. You know, the Bible says in, in Psalm 37 that the steps of a good man are established by the Lord. A righteous man. You're righteous because of Jesus, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done, and He's imputed His righteousness into each one of us. So we are obviously guided by the Lord because of, of Jesus Christ, His righteousness being given to us, making us, obviously, when God sees us, He sees us as He sees Jesus. He sees us as the blood covers us because of the shed blood of the Lamb of God. And so He guides us, and He guided these people at that particular time. And you know, the the 50th day there was after the Passover. We see here Pentecost. That took place. We know there were some ceremonies, and there were some feasts that took place, certainly, and we know that uh, God was commanding this to take place. And let me read from Leviticus chapter 23. From the day after the Sabbath, the day you brought the sheath of the wave offering, count off seven full weeks, count off 50 days up to the day after the seventh Sabbath, and then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. And from wherever you live, bring two loaves made of two tenths of an ephah of fine flour baked with yeast and as a wave offering of first fruits to the Lord. He has it all put out exactly the way it should be done. And that's what they were doing, actually. And God poured His Spirit out here. And so why is all of this important? Because the typology teaches us that Pentecost is about the harvest. It's about the reaping there, the harvest certainly. But we're talking about the harvesting of souls coming into the kingdom of God. We're talking about, obviously, God desiring that none perish, but all come to eternal life. Everybody be saved. That's His desire. Some will not choose to receive Jesus Christ in their life, but God's desire and offers grace and mercy to all who will call upon the name of the Lord. And so Pentecost is always been, it's about the harvest there. And we see in verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth here. You see, anytime a church loses sight of, that connection, it gets into trouble. The Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost for the harvest of souls there. And that's ex- the express purpose of being baptized with the Holy Spirit was for salvation, for, for us to preach the gospel, the good news. Because you see today, again, as I prayed, there are people without hope. There are people who don't have any hope. They have no idea, They have no hope. They have no future. They don't know what's happening They obviously eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. certainly is spoken there in the Old Testament. And they don't have any hope. At Pentecost, the outpouring of the Spirit was for the express purpose of evangelism, pouring out of reaching people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we see the perfect timing. I would just encourage you today. It's something you've been waiting on. You know, something that you feel like that God has given you promises or whatever it may be, and you feel like that maybe God is kind of late in delivering and maybe showing up in those things, God's timing is perfect. His His timing is perfect. And He has a way of doing that as we seek Him, because that's where our hearts are today, church, is to seek Him with all of our hearts. So the second point here is I want you to look at the manifestation of the Spirit that was spoken here. The Spirit's being poured out, right? They're all gathered together, the 120 in the upper room. Everybody knows the story there. But look at the manifestations of the Spirit there. The first sound was a violent wind. And it says suddenly, suddenly, all of a sudden, they were praying. But all of a sudden, suddenly, there was a violent wind that came through. And what do you think the sound sounded like? In the Greek, I believe what it's actually saying, it was like a tornado. You know, have you ever heard, anybody here ever heard a tornado come into town? Anybody? You've always heard people talking about it. It sounds like a freight train, doesn't it? And so here, you're talking about all these people in Jerusalem praying, and the Holy Spirit is being poured out, and the Spirit moves through, and it sounds like a freight train. Don't you think it got some people's attention? It really did, didn't it? It's like, what in the world is happening here now? It wasn't this silence sort of just kind of going through the motions anymore. There was a violent wind that came through. And I'm talking about a violent wind. The sound of like a freight train or tornado here. It got people's attention. In Job chapter 38, it says, God answered Job out of the whirlwind. And Elijah was taken into heaven in a whirlwind. Here we go. We obviously, the wind is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit... Is a person. He is a he. He's not a it. Is he? He is all. He is the third person of the Trinity. He is here right now. He's right here right now. Never leaves us. Isn't that good news? He helps us in our weakness. He heals us in our infirmities. He helps us. He delivers us. When we sometimes, we feel like, I just can't get out of this. I need help, God, and you cry out to God. And He helps you at this time. It's symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Verse 3 says, They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them at that time. Now, the tongues of fire there actually are, they were they came on each person, but also I believe it maybe came on the whole gathering. And that is the manifestation of the glory of God. Do you know when we get to heaven we will be in the pure, if you call it, that glory of God. We'll be in the presence of the Lord. Uh, you know you've had heard songs that said uh, the weight of his glory, there's a sense, there's a manifestation. Uh, a sense of the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. This is what this these tongues of fire came down. It's representative of a manifestation of the glory of God. Every denomination and non-denomination talk and teach and preach and sing about the glory of God. This was what was happening at that particular time. The glory of God was being manifested in this particular group. The glory, the flame is... You know, you think about it. It's like the flame of God. Remember what happened to Philip? He got filled with the Holy Spirit. And he went to Samaria. And um, Samaria were, the Samaritans were outcast from society. And he went right straight in there and began to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what happened? You remember the story? A revival started out. So the flame that was in Philip's life jumped over into the people that were listening to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's like, you know, when fire, you start, you light a fire, be careful about putting something around it because something else may catch on fire. You see, that's the way we should be. We should have the fire of God in our hearts that that fire will leave us and leap on people and touch people and people want to say, what's different about this person? He's able to go through these these tragedies and go through the adversities and still give praise to God. What is it about Him? I want some of that. That's what we should be like. The manifestation of the glory of God. I was sitting in a class here about a year ago and it's a class that I go to. I'm mentored by one of my pastor friends and and other pastors and so forth and we do it once a month and and all. And I looked across the room and it was like a haze in the room. And I knew there wasn't any fog. There wasn't any smoke in there, certainly. There wasn't at all. I looked at it and I said, Lord, what is that? And God says, that's my glory. That's my glory. You see, what was happening was my friend Steve, he was teaching the Word of God. And he was teaching it under the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. He was teaching it under the manifestation of the anointing of God. And the glory of God appeared. From that, as I looked out and I could see that just, it was the glory of God just there. Have you you ever sensed the, the presence of the Lord in that particular way? It's the glory of God. This is what they were experiencing at that time. The tongues of fire and the wind were blowing, certainly. And fire is a common evidence of God's presence in the Old Testament. Remember, all of you know the story of Moses there at the burning bush, fire, remember that? Remember there also, um, Elijah, he went to heaven, what, with a, a chariot of fire? There were the manifestations of fire there on Mount Sinai when the law was given. Let me read it. Exodus chapter 19 says, Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. And Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace. The, the whole mountain trembled violently and the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. And then Moses spoke and the voice of God answered him. The fire, when he came down, remember 10 commandments there? The whole mountain was on fire with smoking going on. The fire is symbolic of the presence of God. We need the fire of God in our lives today. We need the fire of God to ignite the church again to its call and its mission and its vision of reaching the world for the Lord Jesus Christ. We need that, amen? We need that today. We need the fire of God in our lives and, and so forth. I don't want to live a life just of humdrum and going through the motions. I want to be on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ here. You remember when what God commissioned the nation of Israel to do? Remember what they were called to do? They were called to evangelize, to tell the world about who he was. But what happened to them? They failed in that. They failed in what they were called to do, certainly. And so here, obviously, they became very proud. Remember the Pharisees? They were they if anybody didn't act like that and as pompous as they were and and holier and thou more than than anybody else, remember, they they just called them out and 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 trampled all over them today. I hope the church doesn't do that. I hope the church doesn't somehow see people in their outward appearance because God looks upon the heart. But sometimes we look at outward appearances of people and then we make judgment calls and so forth. And we think this person will never be used of the Lord. Let me tell you today, I've seen people that I thought never, there's no way they could do anything for the Lord, be ones that God uses in spite of what Jim Barclay believes. Isn't that good? God can use anybody no matter what our appearance is, no matter what our educational status is, no matter how well we think we can publicly speak, or whatever, he can use people today. The Pharisees, remember, they had already judged everybody up from the top to the bottom, and uh, God took it away from them. You see today, Pentecost is about empowerment for evangelism. It's not a badge of spiritual uh, superiority or a card for an exclusive religious group. When God blessed Abraham, what was he blessing Abraham for? So he could bless all the nations. When God blesses us, why does he bless us? Even as he prospers us, so that we can bless other people. It's not to hoard it. It's not to gather it in, that we got more stuff. It is to give it away. We talked about that. God is calling us to do that. The manifestation is powerful got everybody's attention, right? Jerusalem was waking up here. What happened here? But we see here the third sign was of speaking in other tongues in verse 4. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them here. All of them were filled with the Spirit. It's significant here because in the Old Testament, there were only certain people who were called to do a particular task that were filled with the Spirit, you see. Isn't it good? He poured out His Spirit upon us. He poured it about all. None, no, There's no one exempt from that today. And they saw here. And, and, and you see, uh, when the quoting, and when quoting is taking place here in Acts 2, and you go on to verses 17 and 18, he's, ta- he's quoting Joel chapter 2, and in Acts chapter 2, it says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out My Spirit on all people.'" and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Now, when he says all, does that mean all? Or does that mean some? What do you all think? All. He says all. In those days, those last days, Joel chapter 2 talks about it and Acts chapter 2. He said, I will pour out my spirit on all you see. And they'll have dreams. They'll obviously see visions. And they will prophesy. I had a dream here. Uh, It's been about a week ago. I don't very seldom dream. And if I dream, it's usually because I ate too much pizza. But I always ask the Lord because of what the Word says. I'm on a, I'll am be right straight with you. The Bible says this, so I believe it, and that settles it. So I ask the Lord for dreams and visions. Now, I, may, I don't know what category God's got me in. Old men shall dream dreams, and young men shall dream to see visions. I don't know which it is. I, I'd say, Lord, let me say I have dreams and visions because I don't know actually what age group you've got me in, although I probably do know, okay? And so I had a dream. I've been praying for revival. I believe that Jesus is the only answer for the church and for our country and our world, okay? And so in that dream, uh, I was in this church. It wasn't Lighthouse Fellowship. It wasn't any other church that I was familiar with. But I was praying for people. And there was one person after the other, but people, I I was praying for them. I just know I was praying, and I was praying. And I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed by it because I realized that the task was too big. I realized that. And I realized also that uh, the service was getting ready to start, and I was the pastor. I was to bring the message. And I looked down, and I remember I have my uh, notes here in a white notebook and all, and the white notebook was laying there with the Bible on top of it. And, and I looked at the from the back of the church, and I could see people coming in the church house, There were people already sitting there. I didn't recognize anybody. But I could see that people were coming in like this. And I looked, and this is what came to my heart. And this was in the dream. I said, Lord, is this what we've been waiting for? Is this what we've been waiting for? You see, we need a move of God, don't we, folks? And God still gives dreams and visions and prophecies. And God is prophetically speaking for strategies for the church today too. We've learned, we've learned more about the gift of prophecy. We've learned more about those things that we believe. I believe that is vital to the church in this day and this time to be able to be directed in what he would have us to do and to be. I believe it's vital. And I believe that God is obviously honoring his word and it's coming to pass. And I believe the day and I just, even as I pray for each one here and pray for these that are that are watching this today, if you have a heart that's hungry for the Lord and you want to know God and you want renewal and revival in your heart, you and revival means to be made alive again, you feel like you're dead in your walk with Jesus, you feel like maybe you're dead in life, that there's no hope for you, and I encourage you today to come and seek the Lord diligently. Ask Him. He'll come. He never turns away. His arms are always open wide. No matter what you've done in your life, There is forgiveness because of what Jesus Christ has done for you and for me. That forgiveness was complete. When Jesus said, it's finished there, he hung on the cross, he said, it's finished, it's done. You're forgiven because, not because of anything you could do, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed for you and for me and the whole wide world. And so I encourage you to ask him. And sometimes you go, Lord, I need direction in life. The Bible says, Call upon me, and I will show you great and mighty things that you could never imagine. He will direct you if you'll ask him. Call upon him. But I believe that he's releasing these dreams and visions and and things that are very important in understanding what we are to do in the future as far as the church is concerned if we're going to reach his culture and beyond for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? I believe he's showing us today, folks. He's encouraging us. He gives us encouragement through that. You see, in uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 39, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. You see, that baptism in the Holy Spirit. And the good thing about it is, in Numbers chapter 11, the Old Testament, when uh, God takes the spirit that's on Moses and then he distributes it and anoints, so remember the story, uh, to the 70 elders there. And then what happened? They began to prophesy. Remember what Joshua said? Lord, stop them from prophesying. Remember what, what Moses said in verse nine, 29 of Numbers 11? And he said, but Moses replied, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Don't stop, you see. Ask Him, Lord. I want to. I want to be. I want to follow You, and if it's through a dream or vision or prophetic word, whatever it may be, I want to follow You. No matter where You call me, no matter what You tell me to say, no matter what You tell me to do, I want to follow You. See, Amen. No matter what God is calling you and I, and obviously God is anointing all of His people, and obviously they're becoming a prophetic community, the whole church is to be a charismatic church. You see, charismatic sometimes through the years has, has given been given a, a, a bad name because of some of the abuses that you've seen today. But we, we need to obviously be strong in the power of God. We need to obviously walk in the Spirit of God. We need to be that. God is calling us to be a prophetic community, to hear Him, and then to get our marching orders and then move out, you see. God is calling as, as a church here. And tongues, as we see this, of fire are symbolic of the passionate, zealous witness that God's people are to give to the world. I want that. I want the zealousness for the Lord. I, obviously, I, I, I want to be able to go up to somebody and, and they can tell that my relationship with Jesus Christ means all the world to me. I want them to know that. And I don't want to have go up to somebody and somehow try to give a witness and they're looking at me and saying, man, if if you're telling me that I should have what you've got, I don't want it. Okay, I don't want to be like that. I want to be zealous. I want to be on fire for the Lord. I want to live and walk in communion with the Holy Spirit of God. I want to be filled till I'm overflowing with the Spirit of God. That's what the church today is being called to do and to be. And it's the only way. We can't do it. It's not our power. It's God's power in us. It's not us trying to conjure it up in the flesh and so forth. It's God doing it, you see. The two signs of the wind and the fire, are not repeated anywhere else in the book of Acts, but you see, the sign, of prophetic sign of tongues is throughout there, throughout the, the word there. And, you know, many people today, there are denomination, non-denomination believe that being, obviously being baptized with the Holy Spirit of God, being empowered for service, which we need, somehow that the sign is there, speaking in tongues, that may be one of the signs, but I believe the main sign that is there is certainly love should fill our hearts and overflow. Because love is what the world needs today. Amen. And when you're filled with the Spirit of God, you're going to love people. You're going to see people differently than what they were before. Oh, a lot of divisiveness in years past there, and I was raised up around them and so forth. I didn't invalidate the gifts. It just means that some people don't know and abuse the gifts of the Spirit there. And sometimes they do that. But love always, obviously, supersedes everything. It's over everything. And that's what we need is that love. Even those that we see going through cities and burning cities down today, he said that the 120 spoke in tongues. They heard them in their own native language and tongue. And I believe when they did speak in tongues, what God did was He, he just he spoke to their hearts. In other words, they were speaking in tongues, but actually God was the one speaking to them in their own native language. It's like God turned it around and spoke to them in their own language there. It was a supernatural sign that was going on. They were filled with God. They were overflowing. They, they were joyful in the Lord and they turned the world upside down. Think about it again. The, the specific timing that this took place, there were people from all over everywhere that were in the city of Jerusalem, and God set them up to carry forth the gospel to the different nations. You're talking about Mesopotamia, talking about Egypt, and all the countries around. He knew exactly the perfect timing to pour His Spirit out. That's good news, church. Because I'm looking for that perfect timing when God pours His Spirit out in the church of the body of Christ right now. I believe that that's happening. That will continue to happen, you see. I believe that it's so important to understand in Joel's words that, that they would prophesy. A prophetic utterance is an indication the Spirit has come upon a person here. You know, it's very important in understanding it. Isaiah and Ezekiel obviously, are announcing the inward change in our hearts and saying that, you know, he'll take away our stony hearts and give us a heart of flesh. He'll change our hearts there. But you see here in this particular teaching in Luke, he's emphasizing the restoration of the prophetic activity of the Holy Spirit of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he said everybody can prophesy. Everybody. Everybody. We should be. You should be asking the Lord for for that gift and asking him that you would walk in that, to be able to speak and let God speak through you to encourage. I've been, I've had prophetic words spoken over me before. It's the most encouraging thing you'd ever see in your life. I never, I never will forget them. Never forget the words because it was so personal. I knew God was speaking to me, that God was speaking to me. It was when I was going through some low times. It was times when I needed just a word and, and obviously, and, and God suddenly set me up with somebody and spoke a word to me and I was so encouraged. It kept me going. And I may have given up if that word had not have come. I don't know. God speaks it because He's right on time. His perfect timing. Okay, the last. Look at the reaction. And I want us to think about us as a church and I want to think about in the body of Christ, look at the reaction to the Spirit being poured out here. And there in verse five, now there was staying in Jerusalem, God fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. You see, it's from, they were from everywhere there. And there were two reactions. The first reaction was they were, some were receptive. You think about it. They didn't understand what it all meant, but they were curious and open to God. Verse 12 says, amazed and perplexed. They asked one another, what does this mean? And when God does something that we don't fully understand, let's take that approach. Let's inquire of the Lord here what it means. He will never contradict scripture. But let's go to him and, and, and ask him, Lord, what does this mean? You see, it's very limiting to reject something God is doing simply because we've never seen it done before. Anybody know that? Because we've never seen it done before and we reject it. And it may be the very thing that God is doing to bring deliverance in your life or to bring encouragement in your life or to do something. And uh, you go back and you look at Scripture and you go, yeah, this is what God is saying here, but I've never seen this done before. I believe we're living in a time where we will see many things that we've never seen before. God says, call upon me and I'll answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you never knew. He tells us that's his word, you see. Obviously, everything consistent with scripture, but it will be consistent with the purposes of God and his nature of God there. And so what I'm saying here is be teachable. Be open to what the spirit is doing. The spirit's moving and the spirit is doing new things. Be teachable there because at that particular time, 3,000 people were added. To the church, I mean, bam, three thousand. Wouldn't that be great if we pray over our neighborhood and we see people walking and coming out of their homes and getting on the streets and looking around as to what's going on and so forth? You know, my friend in in Ecuador, they were telling me that during the time the height of the coronavirus there, they were talking about you know people were getting out on the sidewalks and getting on their knees and praying. Wouldn't it be nice to see that and people, you know, move the 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 power of God moving people's lives today. We need an outpouring. We need another Pentecost. Amen. Now God's poured it out His Spirit. Now, I'm not talking about Pentecost took place, but I'm talking about we need another move of God's Spirit like we've never seen before. But you see, there was another group here. There were the receptive ones, the teachable ones. They'd never seen it happen before, and they were wondering what it was. Here this tornado came through there, and they're seeing the tongues of fire, and they're seeing and hearing people speaking in other tongues and so forth, and, and they were receptive. They're going, what does this mean, Lord? But then the second group you see were the group that were resistant. They were resistant, and they ridiculed what they had seen. In verse 13, and somehow however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine to drink remember they were drunk the spirit of God was resting on them they were drunk and so they were saying here they began to mock them and gestures and so forth and you know they said aren't these people here the Galileans you know they're like they're kind of like when you you say they're like hillbillies or something like I mean come on God couldn't be coming on those people could he and that what we say sometimes That's why we need to be our ears and eyes open, our hearts, spiritual eyes and ears open, because we need to see that. Young people today, again, they speak a different language. Listen to what they're saying. They could be telling you something so prophetic in your life you don't even realize it today. But this is what happened. There were those who resisted here. You know, when God chooses a person, I want to tell you good news for me, he doesn't look on the outward appearance. I don't know about y'all, But not only don't look on the outer appearance. He looks at my heart and he says, I've got somebody that I can use because I I know that my man will do whatever he tells me to do or whatever I tell him to do. I told the Lord many years ago, I would go wherever he tells me to go. I would say whatever he tells me to say and I would do whatever he tells me to do. I know where I was in Friendswood in a house. We were living there. When I told the Lord that, I know that question is, are we going to be resistant or are we going to be receptive as God begins to move, you see? The issue is the whole crowd had an opportunity. And I believe that will be who God is in, at this day and time. That everybody will have an opportunity to choose whether or not they receive or not. You always obviously back it up with scripture. But certainly, he manifests himself in our lives and then he looks for us to respond. We need to obviously look for that because He's given us an opportunity today. Now, I believe the harvest is there. I believe, you know, when Jesus said, don't wait four months, don't wait till the future, the harvest is ripe today. But I believe even greater things are in store for you and for me. Do you believe it? I believe that today. And I'm excited about my future. How about you? I'm excited about the fact that I'm not looking at the coronavirus. And I'm not looking at all the tumult and chaos and all the mess going on around me. I'm looking to Jesus. And I'm looking at my life lined up with the Word of God. And I look to where I want to be more like Jesus. I want to minister as He ministers. I want to pray for the sick to see them healed. I want to pray for people to get them saved. I want to pray that people get delivered and set free as Jesus came to set the captive free. Are you open to what God wants to do next in your life is the question. I visited Quito, Ecuador back four years ago uh, at this time of year. And uh, I'll never forget it. Because my friends, if they're watching today... uh, it was four years ago, I believe. And I went down there when they were having uh, Pentecostal Fiesta, the obviously the Feast of Pentecost. And um, I remember um, the pastor's daughter, Andrea, picking me up at the airport about between one and two o'clock in the morning because we were running late on our flight. And God had put on my heart that we needed to do a cleansing of the property of the church, church is beautiful, sitting on the on the edge sides of, of the Andes mountains, beautiful church property, beautiful church and and I had that put on my heart, God had put it on my heart, do a cleansing of the church and then we walked I got in the car and Andrea and I just you know uh, talked about old times what was going on, what we were doing and stuff she said, and I believe the Lord has put on my heart that we needed to do a, a cleansing of the church property. I said, Good, God, sorry, spoke to me about it. And uh, we did. We went one night, uh, that next night, we went and uh, began to pray over the church. And God began to show us things. Revelation began to come powerful, words of knowledge about what was there, different spirits that had come and uh, were camped out there on the property. And that's what happened, okay? And so uh, uh, we began to talk and deal with them. I had, I don't know, about 20 people, 25 people um, and They began, began to deal with them and uh, uh, then began to pray over it. different things were happening. And one particular, uh, we went over in the, the student's building and a lady came up to me and she said, Jim, there's a, uh, a dead baby down here uh, underneath, the, underneath the property that had been sacrificed through witchcraft years and years ago. And that spirit was there, hanging on in that area of the property. And so we prayed and uh, dealt with that, cast it out. We had situations where people renounced witchcraft uh, at that time. was Different things were happening. Just lots of, of prayer. It was prayer the whole time that I was there. And so the night where we were having and celebrating the Feast of Pentecost, I was standing there beside my Sister in Christ, Andrea, and her husband, Fabian, at the midway part of the church. And the Spirit of the Lord came on me. And uh, I began to weep and, and just wept. I couldn't stop weeping, just weeping, the presence of the Lord. And I, I, I walked back to us, and Andrea punched me and said, are you okay? And I said, I'm okay. The Lord's uh, doing something. And I went back to the back of the church, and um, the Lord touched me, it was, it was ministering to me. And, and touch me like I just haven't been touched in a long, long time. And uh, I remember saying there that Lord was touching me, and and I thought, Lord, what are you doing here? Which, you know, that's his business, right? And I remember uh, that uh, about a, a several days later, we had a, a Bible study in one of the, the, the uh, people's homes, and the pastor there, Nestor, Uh, He was asking them, what had God done in the meeting? And everybody in there said that they were touched powerfully by the Lord. Had I ever had that happen before? No. But when that happened, what I said was, Lord, what is this? I inquired of the Lord. I knew it was God doing something in my life and cleansing me, probably a lot of hurts, a lot assuring me of his forgiveness in my life because Uh, We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And and that presence, His presence there was not condemning at all. It was a presence of love. His presence of acceptance. And I believe because of that, it broke my heart was so tender, it melted and that's why I wept and wept and wept and wept over that. But I saw the, the power of God there and that was four years ago that I was there. And that was at the time of Pentecost. And it was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You see, these spiritual experiences don't give us a spiritual badge of honor. Don't get me wrong. But it should produce fruit in our lives and a greater love for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And if that's the fruit that these types of experiences uh, bring about, I believe this is what we should. We should want to know the Lord. Paul says, I want to know you more and the power of your resurrection. He says he wants to know the Lord and obviously he had encountered the Lord on many occasions, but certainly on the road to Damascus. And I believe that we need a a fresh encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? A fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit of God. And it will happen if we're receptive But you see, I was standing beside somebody and I didn't know what was going on around me. All I knew was I was hungry for God and I wanted all of what God had for me and I still do. And whatever God wants to do in my life, I want Him to do it too. I I, I certainly, when I go to heaven, I'm going to heaven. How about you? And I'll be there one day with Him in His glory. But until then, I want to touch and minister to people with the fire of God in my life like I've never had it before that's what my desire is and I believe God can do it I said this and we'll close with this I said last week I said what's he doing he's actually making new wine in the pressing and the crushing as that song goes he's bringing forth new wine and he's exchanging our old flames for his new flame of fire do you want that? You see, it's whether or not you desire it or not. You can say, I don't want any of it. And God's respectful and won't force. But let me tell you today, if you want God, he'll reveal himself in a way that maybe you've never, ever, ever, ever experienced before. That's our God. I believe in these encounters we have with them and whether or not, you know, we call them phileo encounters with the Father. And that is an experiential reality and experience of his tenderness and his love for us because he's our father and he loves you and me and he wants us to know that he just doesn't want us to know about him that's good learn about him but he wants us to know him and to walk in his fullness each and every day if that's who you are today if if that's your desire today let's bow our heads in prayer father we pray today for an outpouring of your spirit We pray today that you would come in power again. And dear Lord, today, whatever it might be called, but dear Lord, that we would have a Pentecost time, that we would be empowered to do what you've called us to do. And that is to tell people about Jesus Christ. And we pray, Father, today to heal the sick and obviously cast out the demons. And Lord, we pray today that you would uh, touch people and the, the, the message of the gospel would go forth and many, many people would get saved as a result of this outpouring. May Jesus forever be praised. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this live streaming. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. Ask the Lord. If you want to be touched by the Lord, you want to know him and know him personally and intimately, and walk with him each and every day, I believe that is for each one that desires. God bless you, and have a great day in the Lord, a great week. We'll see you next week. Amen. God bless. Amen.